Welcome to Crowdsourcing Revolution. I'm Amanda Rice. It is July 25th, 2023. And this is part five in a series of this program from the Citizen's Handbook, which is you can find at citizenshandbook.org. Today's first selection is a brief article by Charles Dobson, Grassroots Rot, How Citizens Groups Destroy Themselves, and followed by another short one called Problem People. Grassroots Rot, How Citizens Group Destroy Themselves by Charles Dobson. One largely overlooked cause of low levels of citizen involvement is the internal dynamics of all volunteer groups. Lack of attention to what can go wrong inside a group means countless gas grassroots initiatives wither and die without achieving anything. The problem is quite simply that many citizens groups drive away their most able members. In a typical arc, the new member, a new member will step forth to work with others on some public issue, last for a relatively short time, then disappear back into private life, never to be heard from again. A glimmer of green, then nothing. What causes grassroots rot? There are a number of them, and I'm just going to read the brief descriptions and then I'll go back and read each of the each of the detail ambitions too large for resources too short term too little time too little contact the wrong people too many people squabbling over tactics and objectives too much deciding and too little creating too many meetings and too little action too much emphasis on organization and too little on purpose and too little fun. Let's start with too little fun. Long-term activists have fun when they get together. Many enjoy making fun of people in power. People who take themselves too seriously can turn any task into a chore. Getting together should feel more like recreation than work, no matter how serious the issue. Those who understand citizen involvement stress the importance of having fun over all other considerations. Too much emphasis on organization and too little on purpose. Hoping to become more organized, many small groups create little bureaucracies that drain everyone's energy. Often so much effort goes into maintaining the organization that there is little left to pursue the reason for creating an organization in the first place. Beware of boards, forming a nonprofit society, writing grant applications, fundraising, annual reports, and the other components of organizational quicksand. Too much deciding and too little creating. Every advocacy group needs to generate options for action. To do this well, participants need to switch off their voice of judgment and brainstorm. 
Unfortunately, when people get together for a meeting, they usually switch on their voice of judgment in preparation for decision-making. If they remain in this critical frame of mind, they will generate few options for action. Nothing will get done and no one will have any fun. Squabbling over tactics and objectives. Progressive groups can wear themselves out arguing over tactics and objectives, even when they share values and agree on goals. For more on this issue, see Chapter 13 in Michael Albert's book called Practical Utopia. Too many people. Because of the emphasis on getting more people involved, many people feel that large groups are better than small groups. This is a mistake. A working group should not exceed nine people. This is the upper limit of what sociologists call a primary group. A small group does not preclude working with others under the umbrella of a larger group, nor does it preclude communicating with larger numbers of people through email networks, special events, and annual conventions. The wrong people. Because building democracy and community involves working with others, most people assume they should welcome anyone interested in joining. But this wholesome impulse can lead to rapid decline. Few are willing to admit what is obvious in any grassroots group. Some people are assets and others are liabilities. While every group can handle a small portion of people who are very angry or very combative or very controlling, or very lonely, or very long-winded, or really out to lunch, as the ratio of of these people increases, level-headed, friendly, competent people begin to leave. As the imbalance increases, even more leave until the group is reduced to a grim residue. Those interested in growing the grassroots need to address this all-too-common phenomenon. See also the research on strong negative influence of bad apples, which is going to be the second article I'm going to read. Too little contact. It is hard for people to maintain a working relationship when they see one another once a month. Once a week is best, not only because it is more frequent, but because it fits into the way people schedule other activities. If regular face-to-face contact is difficult, regular phone calls or email may work as a substitute. Parenthetical by me, or call in. More attention needs to be paid to unplanned getting together, one of the traditional sources of community. Much of it used to occur on the street before cars took over. Today it occurs in the workplace, in places designed to enhance communities such as co-housing and hangouts or pubs if you live in Great Britain. Other ways that activist groups can sabotage themselves. Too little time. The greatest barrier to participating in public life is the shortage of discretionary free time. In surging market economies, people spend most of their time working and consuming, leaving little time for friends and family and no time for civic involvement. Too short term. If a group has coalesced around accomplishing a particular end, participants need to realize that keeping up the pressure over an extended time is essential. 
Expectations of quick victory need to be tempered with the understanding that opponents to change are most often successful just because they hold out longer. They know if they don't budge, most activists will become discouraged and retreat back into private life. Citizens groups need to maintain their enthusiasm and recognize that if their cause is just, they will indeed prevail. As Gandhi said, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. But it takes time. And finally, grassroots rot can happen because ambitions are too large for resources. Groups of nine or less can often manage on personal resources, but as group size increases, a shortage of money and time usually leads to spiraling decline. Without paid staff, there is no one to look after organizational housekeeping and no one to train, manage, and reward volunteers. As people disappear, many potential grassroots leaders burn out trying to do more and more themselves. A lack of resources does not mean giving up. It does mean inventing clever ways to use time, connections, and skills. There are quite a number of ways in which citizens groups destroy themselves, which I have just read through, and I'm just going to summarize one more time what each of those that's listed here in the Charles Dobson article are. Not enough fun, too much emphasis on organization and too little on purpose, too many meetings and too little action, too much deciding and too little creating, squabbling over tactics and objectives, too many people, the wrong people, too little contact, too little time, too short term, ambitions too large for resources. This brief article does not have a, a attribution of who wrote it, but it is called Bad Apples, and you can find it at citizenshandbook.org, bad underscore apples dot html. In to, a 2009 episode of This American Life interviewed Will Phelps, a professor who conducted a sociological experiment demonstrating the powerful effect of bad apples. Groups of four college students were organized into teams and given a task to complete some basic management decisions in 45 minutes. To motivate the teams, they're told that whichever team performs best will be awarded $100 per person. What they don't know, however, is that in some of the groups, the fourth team member of their team isn't a student. He's an actor hired to play Bad Apple, one of these personality types, and there are three listed here, the depressive pessimist, the jerk, and the slacker. The depressive pessimist will complain that the task that they're doing isn't enjoyable and make statements doubting the group's ability to succeed. The jerk will say that other people's ideas are not adequate, but will offer no alternatives himself. He'll say, you guys need to listen to the expert, me. And the slacker will say whatever, and I don't really care. 
The conventional wisdom in the research of this sort of thing is that none of this should have much effect on the group at all. Groups are powerful. Group dynamics are powerful. And so groups dominate individuals, not the other way around. There's tons of research going back decades demonstrating that people conform to group values and norms. But Will found the opposite. Invariably, groups that had the bad apple would perform worse. And this, despite the fact that, despite the fact that there were people in some groups who were very talented, very smart, very likable. Phelps found that the bad apples behavior had a profound effect. Groups with bad apples performed 30 to 40% worse than other groups. On teams with the bad apple, people would argue and fight. They didn't share relevant information and they communicated less. Even worse, other team members began to take on the bad apple's characteristics. When the bad apple was a jerk, other team members would begin acting like a jerk. When he was a slacker, they began to slack too. And they wouldn't act this way just in response to the bad apple. They'd act this way to each other in sort of a spillover effect. What they found, in short, is that the worst team member is the best predictor of how any team performs. It doesn't seem to matter how great the best member is or what the average member of the group is like. It all comes down to what your worst team member is like. The teams with the worst person perform the poorest. Ira Glass, the host of This American Life, found Phelps's results so striking that he began to question his own teamwork. I've been really struck at how common bad apples are. Truthfully, I've been kind of haunted by my conversation with Will Phelps. Hearing about his research, you realize just how easy it is to poison any group. Each of us have had moments this week where we, where we wonder if we unwittingly have become the bad apples in our group. As always, self-awareness is the first step. If you can't tell who the bad apple is in your group, it might be you. Consider your own behavior on your own team. Are you slipping into any of these negative bad apple behavior patterns, even in a small way? But there was a glimmer of hope in the study, one particular group that bucked the trend. There was one group that performed really well despite the bad apple. There was just one guy who was a particularly good leader. And what he would do is ask questions. He would engage all the team members and diffuse conflicts. I found out later that he's actually the son of a diplomat. His father is a diplomat from some South American country. He had this amazing diplomatic ability to diffuse the conflict that normally would emerge when our actor, Nick, would display all this jerk behavior. While it's depressing to learn that a group can be so powerfully affected by the worst tendencies of a single member, it's heartening to know that a skilled leader, if you're lucky enough to have one, can intervene and potentially control the situation. Better than this summary, hear or download the segment from This American Life. And that's a 2009 episode of This American Life. Editor's note, be careful here. It's easy to interpret legitimate and healthy dissent as the bad behavior, uh, as the behavior of a bad apple. 
Remember what the authors of Getting to Yes have to say. Focus on the problem, not the people. Those are the readings for today. I am very glad that you're here to listen on Crowdsourcing Revolution. As usual, we will be having an after show on call-in. You can go ahead and come over to call-in anytime. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and you will be notified when these live conversations happen so you can participate. Thanks for being here. I'm Amanda Rice. Have a great day.